Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Let Me Tell You a Story. This is the first time Knowles and I will be recording during the day, which is... Sober. Sobering. Which is so weird. I was literally just about to say, mostly because we're sober, and that's different for us when we record this show. What if we, like, recorded sober and we just were so not... Just boring? (laughs) Maybe we're always boring, though. Yeah, maybe we think we're funny at nighttime, but we're not. I'm just full of of self-doubt. And we are the only ones that laugh at ourselves? (laughs) Nah. Anyways, um, the story I have for you today, it's pretty wild, babe. It's got everything. It's got sex, drugs... Rock and roll, okay. murder, okay. and bodybuilding. Ooh, I like three out of five of those things. Ooh, well, you better get used to all of them because it's coming in hot. <laughs> That's coming my in hot. All right, you ready? Yeah. Kelly Ryan was born in 1972 in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but grew up in Greenville, South Carolina. As a child, Kelly did gymnastics, and by did, I mean she crushed. The girl was good. Kelly would go on to graduate from the University of South Carolina with a degree in journalism. While in college, Kelly was on the dance team. She worked as a choreographer, and she was a cheerleader for the U of FC Gamecocks. What? U of what? (laughs) In 2010, University of South Carolina lost a trademark battle to the University of Southern California for Mm. the term USC. Yeah. So Southern California was like, ha, no, that's ours. We're USC. You guys can be U of FC, which sucks. <laughs> like, that's a damn shame because it just doesn't roll How? off the tongue the same way. U of SC. You're saying SC? Yes, U of FC. Oh. U of SC. It sounds like I'm saying FC yeah. because I'm coming off of an up. Okay. What's a Gamecock? A, it's... A hen? A rooster? Yeah, like a, a fighting hen. A fighting <laughs> oh, rooster. The fighting chicken. The fighting cocks. <laughs> when I think of game cocks, I think of like fighting roosters, like backyard hen fights. Yeah, that's fucked up. Also, for you, that's terrifying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely terrifying. Remember that one time we saw a chicken in the desert? Yes. Gamecock cheer was just the beginning for Kelly. She wanted a bigger stage, or a court rather, and Kelly soon decided to pursue her dream of becoming a cheerleader for the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. But call it divine intervention, because one day Kelly just so happened to be watching TV when a broadcast of a fitness competition came on, and she was completely and totally captivated by the bodybuilders. So much so, in fact, that she started training, like, immediately. Girl had a brand new dream. And it wasn't long before Kelly Ryan officially joined the world of competitive fitness in a major way. In 1995, placing first at her very first competition. Have you seen pictures? Was she super ripped? Dude, we'll get into this because it's there's, like, a bunch of players in the story, but 90s muscle magazine cover stars are so funny. You know what I mean? It's so gross, but like in a very specific, very specific, like almost niche type of style. like fake tan, right? Like insane fake tan. Well, that hasn't stopped. You still get, you know, I think it's so you can see all the curvatures of your muscles. So 1995, she has her first competition. She places first. 
Okay. Just three years later in 1998, Kelly made her pro debut at the Team Universe Fitness Championships, where she walked away with another first place win. Crushing it. I know. So some background on bodybuilding and how the leagues work, which I also just learned, let's be real. (laughs) So the NPC or the Natural Physique Committee is an amateur league, the biggest amateur league in the U.S. that anyone can qualify. Apparently, you can just like look up where these competitions are and then you can start competing. But it's the only amateur league that's recognized by the IFBB, or the International Federation of Bodybuilding and Fitness Professional League. IFBB, FPL? Well, they just call it the IFBB, okay? (laughs) So the IFBB Pro League is actually invite only via what's called a pro card, and you're given the honorable pro card once you win or place very high in a competition that's deemed to be a national qualifier, right? got it. If you Mm. get your pro card, you then have one year to compete in a pro show. Every year, right? Yes. There's a lot of things like that, like flying licenses, you need to keep a certain amount of hours right. a year. And then right. Casey said with his cell phone tower stuff, you need a specific license and you have to do a certain amount of that type of climbing to yeah. keep a license. So like the IFBB, they do all like the sanctioning for so the, the bigger competitions as well, right? So the, the Mr. Olympia competition, and that's like the big one. Everyone wants to get to Olympia, right? But in order to be qualified for the Olympia, you have to have received like so many points throughout your pro season, you know, like in order just to be able to compete on the Olympia stage it's crazy but it's cool it's actually really cool and it does show that is it cool really if you really thought about it you could just have like guys turn up do a heat and then do a final and that's it oh we've built this structure to like one get money from people and two build like a lifestyle competition well i think the structure is really you are everyone's an amateur here but once you get to a pro level and you're Arnold Schwarzenegger do you want to be competing against anybody else other than people like Arnold Schwarzenegger you know it's like seeded like a tennis championship yes, yes. right i think so in that sense i think it makes sense and if any of this sounds wrong if one of you is a bodybuilder out there or happens to know the field very well and this all sounds wrong First of all, I read the website like 12 times, okay, until I thought I got it for the most part. So if I'm still wrong, I'll take the L. But this is definitely like the gist of how the entire structure works. And I say all of this because one, I didn't take forever in a day learning all this not to mention it. And two, I really think it's important to acknowledge that getting to the pro level isn't as easy as just like getting swole really quick, getting your spray tan and showing up and being like, let's do this. People spend years working towards their pro card. And I think that also adds to the, what is like the aesthetic of bodybuilding? Like, I'm going to get this eventually. You know what I mean? Like it just adds to this whole. A target, right? A goal. It sounds like a lot of hard work. It, yeah, it definitely is for sure. And then of course, to really make a name for yourself so you can go pro. But if you want to be like famous in the bodybuilding world and you want to be making real money, aside from making money at these competitions, which they do pay a lot. Like what? One of the payouts for first place was like half a million dollars. That's good. If you win. Yeah. But for Kelly Ryan, winning was the norm. And when she wasn't winning, she was definitely placing in the top three. But literally, I think I read two third places and the rest were all wins in second place throughout her career. And this wasn't like a later career achievement. This is how it was from the beginning. She was always that good. So despite only having a few competitions under her bikini. Oh, nice. (laughs) Kelly was making a name for herself within the fitness community. And pretty soon, she was, like, kind of famous. Was she making two first names for herself? Yeah. 
Yeah, she was. <laughs> so I think that uh, I think that like you have to have a little bit of a cool name to be a bodybuilder, right? Kelly Ryan is the worst name in the whole world. <laughs> like bodybuilder Kelly Ryan in the I think in the eighties. Two first names, dude. I know. Can't trust it. Yeah. yeah I guess in the eighties, it does. It, it reads it's better. Definitely does. I need to get some coffee. You okay? Yeah. Okay, so fast forward a few competitions, and Kelly Ryan is competing for another win. I wasn't there, obviously, but I'm assuming she's keeping her muscles warm, flexing probably. I don't know, whatever the hell they do. I'm sure they just sit there, just keep flexing, you know? They got to keep them like... Yeah, you got, you, got to, you got to get pumped. You yeah. got to keep pumping. That's right. You got to keep pumping. Get the veins to really stand out. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so she's doing all this when she is suddenly approached by bodybuilder bad boy Craig Titus. Oh, great name. <laughs> yeah. So Craig had seen Kelly on stage, and he immediately was like, dibs, I call dibs, she's mine. Craig Titus had no chill, and he asked Kelly out right away. And she was like, mm, yeah, that's a no. So I didn't make up the bodybuilder bad boy thing. Craig Titus had earned himself the reputation. And before I get into that, let's talk about Craig Titus. So Craig grew up in Riverview, Michigan, just outside of Detroit. He played football up until he was a sophomore in high school. So like 15 or 16, because I know you're about to ask me because you're British. So anyway, after his sophomore season, he quit the football team because he was too small. He was a little guy, 5'9", 130 pounds. So I don't know, maybe he just wasn't that good. But I also see why you would feel like I'm never going to be good because I'm tiny, you know, Mm -hmm. and everyone's just so much bigger than me. So instead, he began wrestling, and he really liked wrestling. Obviously, wrestling is by weight class, right? So being matched to somebody your own size and then being able to kick the ass of somebody your own size must feel very good because it's a fair, it's fair. It's a fair playing field. You have a fair shot, that kind of thing. And he kicked a lot of ass, okay? He became the high school champion, wrestling royalty at his high school. And then after high school... Now that he was just an athlete and he still felt like this is great and I love this, he decided to maintain his exercise routine and start weight training. By age 20, Titus was now 50 pounds heavier at 185 pounds. I also did read, though, that shorter people pick up muscle a lot easier. It's a lot easier to gain muscle and maintain muscle when you're shorter. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Um, So now at 185 pounds, he's like... Oh, shit. Look at me. (laughs) I am (laughs) so small, so sexy. I'm sure if you've always felt like a scrawny kid, you see the transformation and it happens very quickly. Being able to pick up 50 pounds of muscle and then maintain that is extremely impressive. You could be drinking, partying, eating like shit. But instead, you're like 18, 19, 20, and you're bigger than probably most guys walking into Riverview local gym. Did he, one, did he talk like that? Like, oh, shit. I read so many amazing articles about this guy and they were like, he's the type of guy that was in the mirror going like, oh yeah. Okay. Mm, You know? That's American Psycho. Uh, Two, two, have you ever seen pictures of people, you'll see them on like Instagram or like one of those websites um, of like skinny guys who have gone 
bodybuilding, mm-hmm. their wrists, like if I was a bodybuilder, right, my wrist would still be the same width right here. Yeah. But this would be huge. Yeah. And like your neck is still pencil thin and your head's tiny, but mm-hmm. your body's all huge. Well, that's why they look so funny to me sometimes. They look like the Michelin men, but all of their joints, all of where the muscles connect are teeny tiny. Yeah, so it just always looks really funny to me. It's strange. But I mean, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I don't feel like looked weird, but naturally he's just a bigger he's guy. Big bone, like The Rock, is fucking exactly. huge. Exactly. Right? So like, at, even though they're incredibly muscular, like a Jason Momoa type, right? Like they're incredibly muscular. You don't look at them and be like, something's not right no, here. It, suits, it just lo- it almost looks like it suits him. Yeah. Um, okay. So now that he's like, <laughs> I'm hot. He decides to become a bodybuilder. He wants to keep it going. So he upped his training and began preparing to compete. But his plans were totally derailed when his dad was like, no, nah, I'm sorry, dude. It's time to build some tunnels, I guess. This is very weird. Is he so, like a prepper or what? <laughs> <laughs> so apparently his dad and his uncle worked in underground excavation. And so they were like, Titus, it's time to come join the men of this family. Get your ass underground and build us some tunnels. I feel like that's a good workout. Uh, yeah, you would think. But it also took up a lot of time. You know? Yeah. He wasn't just, no, he wasn't weight training down there. Not enough sun. Not working on your tan. Definitely underground. not. And th- this job <laughs> actually forced them to move to Texas. <laughs> Sorry, his family were mole people. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't know, man. I don't know. I I think underground tunnel building is insane and cool and weird, but like in a good way, it's like very different. I do think you have naturally you have to be in great shape to be able to build tunnels underground. But I, I think you're right. Like I don't think you need to qualify underground tunnel. Like where's an overground tunnel? Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. Just tunnel. Well, that's what the internet said, okay? Underground <laughs> tunnel building. Um so He's in Texas now with his dad and his uncle building the tunnels, but he really missed bodybuilding. So he decided, you know what? He could build tunnels and bodybuild. I like it. Everything's bigger in Texas, as they say. And so was Craig Titus once he got his glutes back in that gym. So in 1988, he entered his first competition, the Houston Championships, which he won. He began racking up titles in the MPC League, so the natural physique committee or whatever and he began getting arrested as well by 1995 craig titus was considered one of if not the best amateur heavyweight bodybuilder like in the game everybody knows craig titus is amazing and one day he's gonna go pro you can't gloss over there and he was getting arrested i know i'm getting there okay yeah it just sounded nice you know he began racking up titles and he began getting arrested yeah so he wasn't a pro yet, like I said, but he was so hot in the bodybuilding world. He was in magazines all around the world and getting closer and closer to earning his pro card. I also assume it must be a lot more difficult for men to earn their pro card because I'm sure there are a lot more men competing. I mean, when did Arnold Schwarzenegger compete? I feel like bodybuilding was a big 80s. Mm-hmm. That's when it like hit mainstream, you know? And but 80s, for men specifically. Yeah, and like 80s was the era of like, huge buff guys like all the action heroes like all the movies like Sylvester Stallone Dolph Lundgren Arnie like isn't it funny that like it's it's still it's still that vibe it's never changed like the outfits the big hair with women especially those like (laughs) high waisted bikinis it never left the 80s it stayed the same there's been no aesthetic changes it just comes around every like 20 years everything goes back to the 80s no I know but bodybuilding has been the 80s this entire time I feel like that's that's one, it's like a subculture, right? So there's a 
Mm-hmm. Like punk always has the same aesthetic, right? That hasn't changed. It's always a punk aesthetic. So there's a bodybuilder aesthetic. And two, I feel like there's some functionality to those outfits. Like high waisted probably makes your muscles on your hips look good or something. Right, like there's right. probably a reason why yeah. they wear those clothes no, specifically. For sure. For you sure. Know? Yeah. Craig relocated to Marina Del Rey, California with his girlfriend at the time, fellow celeb bodybuilder, Debbie Halo. Does that name sound familiar to you? No, but that's also a great name. I know. She was literally in so many magazines. I googled her. It was a lot of fun for me to look. And the the magazine of them together, I'll show it to you. It's amazing. So this is them. I mean, this, this is not real. His hair, man. Dude, but like this muscle neck international. Like what I'm saying, it's such a vibe, right? This is so 80s. Dude, Ms. I love it. Galaxy. I love it. I think it's amazing. Where's their names? They're just like cover they were models. cover models. <laughs> this is not good for a podcast. Look at this. <laughs> busted. I know, busted, dude. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, I guess if you were racking up wins, you were in magazines, right? Because like you said, it was such a huge Niche thing. as fuck magazines, yeah, though. Yeah, Who's yeah, yeah. buying Muscle Mag? Muscle Mag? I'm pretty sure Muscle Mag was pretty big. They're selling them on eBay. Pretty big? Yeah. Yeah, it's just all so corny. <laughs> anyway, now in California, Craig Titus was on the road to superstardom in the bodybuilding world. But Craig Titus also really liked to party. And his parting ways would catch up with him when he was arrested in 1995 and charged with possession with intent to distribute. Any guess on what drug Craig had and had a lot of? It's I 1995. Mean, it's either steroids or cocaine, surely. What is the party drug of the 90s? I don't know. It was ecstasy. That doesn't seem like something a bodybuilder would take. I said he's just trying to party. Okay. so after pleading guilty craig was sentenced to house arrest for like 16 months he was forced to keep his muscles indoors i hope he had a home gym i'm sure he did when he was finally released back into the world he was more than ready than ever to get back to competing huh i think home arrest is fucking sick i would go on home arrest if your whole life and getting closer to going pro depends on sure. competitions. Sure, but like know? if someone's like, hey, you can go to prison for one week or be on home arrest for six months. I'd be like, home arrest. 16 months. Yeah, whatever. I'm You'd saying, I'm saying I would take months? six times the amount of home arrest than I would fucking jail time. I mean, I, I, would, I would take a month of house arrest over a day in jail, You're but I don't know if I would take 16 months of house arrest. What, I feel like you haven't left the house in 16 months. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> you love being at home. I love being at home, but I still have to leave and I leave often. Yeah, but you don't like it. So I still do it. <laughs> uh, all right. So that year, Craig would finally earn his golden ticket his pro card, and all signs pointed to nothing but success for him until 1997 when he was arrested again after violating his parole when he tested positive for anabolic steroids. Yeah. yeah. Multiple reports quoted him saying, dude, you don't get this big without doing steroids. I agree. And that quote would become synonymous with bodybuilding's bad boy. Like even to this day when you look him up, everyone's like, oh, it's the guy who said, dude, you don't get this big without steroids, which... I agree, right? Once yeah. you go pro and you're at that super top level, even if it's not true, and I'm sorry if it's not true, but I think that the implication is that they're doing steroids. I mean, baseball players, like, 
wasn't it Barry Bonds? Like, mm-hmm. hit a billion home runs, but, like, he was roided up. Like, yeah, like soups roided up. I just up. feel like everybody's roided. <laughs> like, we're missing the boat on the, on the <laughs> we're missing the roid train. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, obviously, he violated parole with that, and this time, he's going to prison, right? Now, I should mention that aside from these arrests, Craig was also just a giant asshole, and everybody knew it. He would flip out if he didn't win, he was rude to a lot of people, and he was really, really freaking full of himself. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I read that at one point. He was, like, sure he was going to win. And then they called his name second as the second place winner. And they said that he stormed off. He ended up getting in trouble for his sportsmanlike conduct. Un- unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, I know. But I said for his conduct, right? But, yes, it was unsportsmanlike. His conduct was unsportsmanlike. <laughs> Jesus Anyways, you know what I meant. He ended up getting in trouble for basically being a bad loser, but he went backstage. He threatened. He was like, I'm going to throw this chair. And everyone was like, what? What? He just was such a dick. I feel like he should have got into wrestling. Like WWF yeah, yeah, wrestling. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that was as big back then, was it? I think it got in big the in the 80s? 90s. No, in the 80s it was big. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, so basically... He was getting in trouble with the law, but he was also not very popular within his own community. Yeah, I mean, he's the heel, like classic heel, like classic bad guy. Mm -hmm. But I mean, in bodybuilding, confidence is key, like we said, and he had a lot of confidence and he was still winning. So at least he could back it up, you know? Mm. So when Craig Titus approached Kelly Ryan, you can see why Kelly was not quick to take him up on his offer to go out with him. But he was persistent. So eventually she relented. And went out with him. And pretty soon, she was just as obsessed with him as he was with her. Or himself. (laughs) As he was with himself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They then headed to the Hollywood of bodybuilding. Guesses? I don't know, Florida? (laughs) (laughs) No, but there were a lot of competitions in Florida. I would think that uh, if it wasn't this place, it would be Florida for sure. It is Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And they got married in 2000 at the Little White Chapel. Is that where you got married? Mm, they all sound the same. Yeah, it's not where we got married. I think that's the one where, like, Brittany got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, they were already famous, but together, Kelly and Craig were pro-bodybuilding royalty, right? It makes sense. That's still the thing today. If you're famous, on your, if you're A-list celebrity on your own, oh yeah, and you're with another A-list celebrity, you are officially... Like, the hottest thing in Hollywood. Yeah, double the star power. Exactly. Their faces were plastered all over magazines. They racked up product endorsements. They did expos, the whole shebang. And they also got into coaching. Craig Titus was actually the personal trainer to Motley Crue's Vince Neil. And they actually worked with a lot of celebrities. And a lot of these things would eventually work against them as well, you know? Because when you meet so many people and so many people are part of your lives, people know a lot of shit about you, you know? He's one, he is one step away from Cage. Cage and Vince Neil are buddies. Are they? They're, they're, they're the guys that had that fight oh, in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, they're like, I feel like it's like uh, <laughs> watching your two, <laughs> your two like sad uncles. <laughs> your two heroes, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? It's like, oh, Uncle Nick and Uncle Vince are. Dude, they were fucked up. I know. They're funny though, and they're so cute. <laughs> I find it kind of adorable. <laughs> They realized that in order to maintain their muscles and their fame, they were going to need some help. So they hired an assistant, a woman named Melissa James. Uh Melissa was a professional dancer, 
from Panama City, Florida. And at 19 years old, she was determined to start a career in the dance and fitness industry. She started networking with other fitness professionals, and that's how she met Craig Titus and Kelly Ryan. So she had been helping out at a fitness competition at Panama City Beach, which I just feel like screams bodybuilding to me, you know? There must have been so many bodybuilding competitions on every beach in Florida. Yeah, it's like a crossover between Florida, white trash, and bodybuilding. Makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Um, So while she's at this competition helping out at Panama City Beach, she meets the superstar bodybuilding couple. It's believed that over the course of that competition, Melissa and Craig had found some time to hang out Uh alone Uh without Kelly. Uh And yeah, nobody believes that they were out like getting coffee or anything. So Craig Titus told Melissa, you know what? You should probably move to Vegas, you know, for your career. You should probably look at my tiny steroid balls. (laughs) (laughs) Although she wasn't quite ready for a move, she did begin visiting Craig and Kelly at their lavish Las Vegas abode. Thanks to all their success, their home had a gym and a movie theater. And I mean, everybody knew that Kelly drove a really sweet red Jaguar. When Melissa visited, she worked as the couple's assistant and she partied hard with them too. So a friend of the pair named Wayne Dennis told Oxygen's Snapped, quote, every time they would win, whether it would be win an endorsement and get paid or they had won a contest or a competition, they'd have a party. They were like sex parties, drug parties. After these ragers, Melissa would take the couch before Craig and Kelly eventually just gave her her own room in their house. According to multiple reports, Craig Titus really liked Melissa and he was not afraid to show it. He would openly flirt with her and Kelly was like, um, what the hell is going on here? But the open flirtation seemed to have creeped out both Kelly and Melissa. But so you what, sit there having sex parties. Yeah, but it was, whatever they were doing while they were high on drugs was very different when it was just the three of them in mm. the house together. Got it. It was like turning into more of like a sister wives type of situation and neither girl was down with that. Like they were kind of like, this is bizarre and feels very manipulative and gross. And Craig's like, let's do this. <laughs> Craig's like, what? <laughs> so whether or not Melissa was like, okay, this is getting too weird or if she was just ready to do her own thing, Melissa did end up moving back to Florida in 2003 and she had her own dance studio. When I read that, I was like, oh, thank God. You're like, you're way too young for this rated R threes company shit. But then I read, but then I read that the dance studio went out of business within two years. And I was like, damn. So it's actually really sad. But I read that in Vegas, she got sucked into like their party drug lifestyle and adjusting to life after that was just really, really yeah, hard. Once, once you've seen the dark side, uh-huh. it's hard to go back. And apparently in Florida, like at her business failed. She got in trouble for like writing bad checks. She had like some fraud issues. Like it was not. That sucks. Yeah, it's sad because she was like in her 20s. She met them when she was 19. She actually was a professional dancer. She wanted to have her own dance studio and like teach, you know, and it's just like, ugh, it's really sad. So now it's 2005. When um, her dance studio officially is like out of business and she's like, great. So she's feeling pretty defeated and she turns back to Craig and Kelly. They welcomed her back, of course, no problem, because they were actually super busy with a brand new business venture, a line of fitness apparel. And it was going to be huge. What's the name? I don't know. They never, ever got there. Oh, come on. They never got there. It just never (laughs) happened. They were just working on it. But it didn't take long for the shit to hit the fan. So Titus went back to dangling Melissa in front of Kelly and Kelly in front of Melissa, right? And both of these women wanted Craig Titus, but only one of these women was entitled to him, both legally and morally. So it was bound to end in horrific disaster. Yeah? 
On December 14, 2005, a 911 call was placed. The call came from a concerned truck driver who had seen something, or rather a few things, that were very concerning while driving just outside Las Vegas. He told the operator, uh, okay, so first of all, the desert's on fire, okay? But it's what he'd seen leading up to the start of the fire that could not have been coincidental. According to the trucker, he had witnessed a red Jaguar speeding down the highway, and it was being closely followed by a gray pickup truck. The cars driving, like, super fast seemed to disappear into the desert. And he's like, hmm, that's weird. But he's, they go out of sight, and he's like, okay, whatever. Maybe they're drag racing. I don't know. But then the gray pickup truck immediately comes speeding into view, this time coming from the opposite way, right? So coming back from the desert. And that's when the truck driver, wondering what the F was happening, looked up into the desert and noticed the flames. The fire quickly took precedence in his mind, so he called it in. Dispatch sent a volunteer fire chief. According to the trucker, the fire didn't seem very big. It had just started. And so this seemed like a good job for a lone volunteer fire chief. He's like, la, 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 I'm going to go extinguish some fires. But what fire chief Dick Draper found, also Dick Draper. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. However, was not a brush fire, but rather a, a red fire. jaguar <laughs> oh. <laughs> engulfed in flames. Well, I mean, we'll get there. So he went to work. And you know what? He kind of did the damn thing. He put the entire car fire out by his own damn self. And once it's, and once extinguished... Dick decided to do a preliminary search of the vehicle. The inside of the car was pretty badly burnt, obviously, but as he searched, he ruffled through cushions and clothes in the trunk, including a red jacket, which to his surprise was on the body of a corpse. When police and detectives arrived, they confirmed the discovery. Later recalling the scene to CBS News, Las Vegas homicide detective Dean O'Kelly said, quote, The whole dash was burned away. The steering wheel was completely consumed. Fire investigators that came out to the scene told us that we were looking at a fire in excess of 1,200 degrees. I certainly believe that the objective is not to destroy the vehicle, but to destroy the body in the trunk, end quote. But the trunk wasn't on fire? Everything was on fire. Ah. He had put the fire out, and now he's looking through, like, basically charred Mm. whatever, just to figure out, like, what the hell is happening here? Um, But obviously, if it's a 1,200 degree fire, what are you thinking? You know, there's clearly some sort of accelerant used. Nothing burns that fast, that hot. Yeah. So the deceased victim had fabric wrapped around their neck, duct tape over their mouth, and was very badly burnt in the trunk of the Jag. They were not able to immediately identify the body. I actually read this is really gross and morbid and awful, but I read that the hands and feet were so badly burnt that they couldn't pull prints. Like they, and some, like one of the... I mean, that makes sense. One like, of the investigators said it was burnt to the point where they thought they didn't have hands and feet until they realized, oh no, those are hands and feet. Mm. It's really sad. Was the body really muscly or was it just a regular person's body? <laughs> the body was really burnt, okay? <laughs> um, but you know what was not burnt... The plates on the car, they were still legible, so they can't immediately identify the body. So, of course, they ran, they ran the plates, and obviously, who does it come back to? None other than Kelly Ryan. It's her red Jaguar. So police are like, all right, well, we should probably go check on her. And so they headed to the home of Kelly Ryan and Craig Titus. When O'Kelly and other... Wait, when O'Kelly and the other homicide detective on the case, Robert Wilson, arrived at the couple's home, they didn't know what to expect, with Wilson telling CBS, quote, so I just went ahead and knocked on the door. She says, well, I'm Kelly Ryan, end quote. 
And they were like, uh, okay, well, I hope you don't like your Jaguar too much. Just kidding. They didn't ask her that. But they <laughs> did. <laughs> that sounds so lame. Can you just tell? No, nobody said that. <laughs> they did. Especially a police officer, yeah. a detective. Oh, you're okay, right? Well, Wait, hold up. I got How do you feel flash. about your Jag? Hopefully you don't like it that much. <laughs> so bad. Because I have some news for you. Uh, yeah. So they were called asking her if she knew where her car was. But according to Wilson in that same CBS article, Kelly had no idea where her car was, but she did tell the detectives that she was pretty sure her 28-year-old live-in assistant had taken off with her Jag. But that, as far as she knew, Melissa had actually headed to New Jersey to visit her mom for the holidays. And she was headed east an entire day before all of this happened, okay? And that was the plan. Melissa was heading home to spend the holidays with her mom with plans to potentially stay in New Jersey for good. Unfortunately, Melissa's mom was left waiting at Newark for a daughter who would never return home. So obviously you know who the body in the truck is, right? <laughs> if that wasn't ominous sounding enough. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm just making sure we're on the same page here. Meanwhile, detectives still questioning Kelly met Craig Titus, who had come down to join the party. The couple invited detectives Wilson and O'Kelly inside and even offered to take them to Melissa's room. At this point, it seems like detectives did tell Craig and Kelly that, yeah, okay, well, we found your Jaguar in the desert and there's a body in the trunk and they're dead. And the couple were like, oh, okay, well, let us just show you guys her room. So while inside Melissa's room, Craig and Kelly quickly pointed out a Deborah card and they were like, aha, this is the card Melissa has been using behind our backs, by the way. She's been stealing from us. What? Yeah. And detectives are like, okay, these guys are guilty. <laughs> like, this is the weirdest <laughs> shit ever. Stupid. Yeah, and there are so many mentions of this. So Wilson told CBS, quote, now I'm thinking that Melissa James is the one that's probably in the trunk of the car. And I'm thinking either one or both of them may had have, may had had something to do with Melissa's death. So, like, the more they wanted to talk about the body in the car, the, the more... they like, check out this Deborah they're card. They're like, yeah, but you see? You see this Deborah card? This explains everything. And the detectives are like, we are telling you there is a dead body in your trunk. What the hell are you talking about? And I can just picture these two idiots, like, so high. <laughs> just being like, oh, wait. Oh, yes, the Deborah card. So detectives are like, all right, whatever. Like, we'll take the freaking Deborah card, Okay. They left the home determined to prove their suspicions about the bodybuilders were correct. Meanwhile, as Melissa's mother realizes her daughter is missing, her worry quickly became straight up hysteria when she learned about a body being found in the desert outside of Vegas. But when she got a hold of Craig Titus, he assured her that the police had come to talk to him and Kelly and that he really did not think the body in the car was Melissa. Little did anybody know, Craig Titus and Kelly Ryan had waved goodbye to the detectives, and then they waved goodbye to their house, too, and they fled Las Vegas altogether. But of course, they did take the time to reassure Melissa's mother that her daughter was probably not burned to death in the trunk of a car in the middle of the desert. Craig and Kelly sought refuge at a friend's house, and he was like, yeah, no, you're not staying here. And so Kelly and Craig were left to find another hideout. So now they're just like on the run. Meanwhile, detectives had taken the debit card, like I said, that Kelly and Craig had made sure to mention like a billion times, and then they ran it because obviously that's good police work, and Kelly and Craig are dumbasses. The last transaction had occurred at a local Walmart, and the purchase? 
Seven bottles of lighter fluid. This is insane. <laughs> Naturally, of course. Yeah. So with this, and after speaking to the truck driver and getting the full story of what he had seen that night, and also there were a bunch of calls made about what, like, the fire in the desert, because it's literally right outside of Las Vegas, and it's a fire. Um, and the fact that Melissa James was still missing, police were pretty damn sure that Kelly and Craig had killed Melissa, bought lighter fluid with the debit card and Walmart, caravan the cars to the desert, lit the Jag on fire with Melissa in the trunk before driving back together in the pickup. And as all the pieces were coming together, police learned that Craig and Kelly had gone on the run, which obviously just makes them look more guilty than they already did. But it really became pretty open and shut when Kelly Ryan's friend, Megan Foley, went to police with a wild ass story. The night Melissa had gone missing, Megan had been invited over to Kelly and Craig's. When she was there, Megan told police that the couple immediately began bitching about Melissa. Craig made cryptic comments about Melissa no longer being a problem for them. <laughs> oh my God. Before Kelly pulled Megan into a closet and began whispering. Kelly told Megan that she and Melissa were arguing earlier that night and that things kind of got out of control. So Megan told CBS, quote, and Kelly was standing right there and she pulled out the taser gun and tried to use it on Melissa. She told me I didn't have it turned up high enough. So then she turned it up and shot it again, end quote. I'm sorry, what? Say, their friend goes over, mm-hmm. and then they go and talk in a closet. Yeah. Okay. And then she told them that she'd tase Melissa, or like her friend was there, and then she's like, well, no, no, I'm going to tase her in front of you. No, no, no. She told her, hey, well, this argument we had got out of control. This is what happened. So she told Megan that she tased her. It wasn't up high enough. And so Melissa was like, ah, what the fuck? <laughs> so <she did> it. <laughs> but just stood there for a second tasing? Well, she is fighting against a bodybuilder. Yeah. Did Kelly Ryan say, taser, taser, taser? <laughs> no, I can't imagine. She's probably like, ah! <laughs> okay. Megan then recalled telling police what Kelly had told her next. So in this interview with CBS, Megan is basically telling CBS what she had told police. So everything she's telling CBS was also told to police right after, right? So she had said that Craig had then held Melissa down as Kelly injected her with narcotics. So this is getting so dark. So after they've tased her, after Kelly's tased her, Craig comes in, all of a sudden pins her down, and Kelly starts injecting her with narcotics. With drugs. With drugs. Why say narcotics? Huh? Yeah. Well, that's because that's what the article said. That's that's police talk. Mm -hmm. At this point, Megan's like, okay, y'all are crazy. Get me the fuck out of this house. But before she could make a run for it, Craig jumped into the closet where Kelly was confessing (laughs) to Megan and proceeded to demonstrate how to choke somebody as he flexed his bicep around her neck. Who? Megan's. Poor Megan. She didn't ask for this story. And then Craig's like, hey, guys, in the closet. And he's like, you want to know how you choke somebody to death? And he basically wraps his bicep and starts, like, flexing it. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, you guys are out of your mother effing minds. I need to go. So police are like, all right, this is cool. There are murderers on the loose. Got it. And they issued a, a, a warrant for the couple's arrest. While in hiding, stories were coming out about the couple from close friends and acquaintances and like literally everybody. So remember, they're throwing the biggest parties. Everybody knows their business and they're nuts. According to reports, friends close to Kelly knew that Kelly hated Melissa. She was after her man and Craig's dumbass was doing nothing to help that situation. He was literally feeding it in every way possible. But the truth was, Melissa really did like Craig Titus. Her mom told CBS, quote, she was very proud that she knew him. He was impressive to her. Here was this guy. He's wealthy. He's big. He's from Vegas. He's got talent, end quote. 
And Melissa's sincere adm- admiration of her bodybuilder friend and her loyalty to him would ultimately pit her against his wife, Kelly Ryan, and result in violent like fights leading up to her inevitable death, right? Which is just so freaking sad because obviously she really thought maybe her and Craig Titus were more than just this, you know? Not to mention, there was a lot of drug use in this house, which obviously adds to the already volatile environment. And when you add steroids to the mix, it's like, it's just insanity, I can imagine. There's a lot of emotions. So Megan would also shed further light on Kelly and Craig's troubled marriage, with their problems growing deeper when, of course, Melissa had moved in. So when she went from just visiting them and partying with them to literally living with them. Kelly was insecure and that she knew that the rumors about her husband having an affair with their assistant were true. So she wasn't dumb and she lost her mind. She did everything to please Craig, which included allowing him to let Melissa move in. It was his idea and she was never okay with it from the beginning. But because she wanted to like always appease him, she basically let her husband do whatever he wanted. Right. While it slowly ate her away inside and led to her losing her shit. Now, over a week after Craig and Kelly had fled Las Vegas, police had been tracking them and they were finally able to track them down in Massachusetts. So they went real, real far. When they approached the vehicle, they found Craig Titus casually sitting inside drinking a root beer. I shit you not. (laughs) (laughs) So he's inside. Okay. They've literally surrounded him like SWAT teams, everything and he's has like a root beer in his hand. He's like, what? I want a root beer now. <laughs> I know. So he's inside the car and he's he was waiting for Kelly, who was apparently inside getting a pedicure when this all oh, went down. Oh, man. I know. I know. Well, you got to like maintain your, you know, your appearance. Um, they also said there's a couple reports that said that she looked completely different. Like her hair was dyed and like. I don't know. She just maybe they thought like these two bodybuilders thought (laughs) that they would be able to conceal their identities. Idiots. Mm. So obviously after being taken into custody, the couple were extradited back to Las Vegas where they were officially charged with Melissa's murder. It would take 21 days for her body to be identified. And even though a lot of evidence had been destroyed in the fire, police were sure that they had this one. But Craig Titus and Kelly Ryan had a totally different story. According to the pair, they had actually discovered Melissa's dead body from what they believed to be an overdose and they panicked. Craig Titus especially didn't want Melissa's death to negatively impact his and uh, Kelly's reputations and careers. F- they go for the dust, the dust defense. Yeah. So they thought the smartest thing to do, obviously, was to destroy the body. Right. But the coroner, though he couldn't be 100% positive, was pretty sure that Melissa's cause of death was asphyxiation or strangled, or she was strangled, right? And also the OD story just sounded like bullshit, I did read afterwards that the toxicology reports did determine that there were enough drugs in Melissa's body yeah, but they to have did been that. fatal. But also, they did that. Her friend was like, that. they did that. Yeah. So it really comes down to like who you believe. And right now, nobody believes Kelly and Craig. But they were adamant that the only thing that they did was dispose of her body. And they told police, listen, listen, okay, fine. We have a witness. We have a witness. She is going to stand by it. She knows exactly what happened. It's Megan. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, just ask our friend Megan Foley. Okay. But little did these two dumbasses know, Megan had gone to police 
with the story of exactly what had happened that night, the literal smoking gun, every detail that had come straight from the mouths of Kelly Ryan and Craig Titus. I'm sure police felt pretty relieved to have these monsters in custody, but there was actually one major thing police had gotten wrong that had actually led to the arrest of another person, a friend of Craig Titus, 23-year-old Anthony Gross. So even though police had confirmed that Kelly Ryan and Craig Titus had definitely made the purchase at uh, of the lighter fluid from the Walmart that morning, so after they ran the card, they would they would eventually also find surveillance footage. Right. And they literally saw them leaving Walmart, the sure. two of them. Okay? And they believed that at that point, Melissa's body was in the trunk. The two people, however, who had driven to the desert to dispose of Melissa and the Jaguar, Jaguar, were actually, Jaguar, were actually Craig and his friend Anthony Gross. So phone records would show that Craig had called Anthony multiple times. And when questioned, Gross copped to the whole thing. He lawyered up and he was like, all right, this is screwed. He did tell investigators that he bought the gasoline that would later be used to light the Jag on fire. So he followed Craig, who was driving the Jaguar to the desert, and he watched Craig take the gas can and disappear with the red Jag into, deeper into the desert while he's just waiting in his pickup, right? He says that Craig then comes running back towards the pickup, jumps into the car with him, and Gross said that the two then drove back into Las Vegas and they never spoke about what happened. It was just kind of like a bro code type of situation. I need friends like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's sad to have to measure your friendship like that, but that is a pretty good friend, you know? Stupid. Yeah. Um, although they had secured defense attorneys, and I loved one of the articles I read, Craig Titus's defense attorney was like, just because the red jag is in the desert and it's burned to a crisp and there's a dead body in the trunk doesn't mean that the owners of the car had anything to do with it. And it was just like, what are you even saying? But I guess like, what is your defense? Other than the, he, they don't have enough evidence. And that was this whole thing. He was just trying to say like, it doesn't mean it, right? And you have nothing to prove it. Well, I thought the defense was like, oh, she OD'd and we did drive We did drive her and we did do yeah, the things. But the defense attorney is basically trying to prove like that, that we, they didn't murder her. There's no evidence to suggest that they murdered her. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely evidence that they did all the other stuff. Yeah, and she goes over this. there the night it happens and they just start spewing all this information. Yeah, I don't know. And they were nuts and everybody knew it. I mean, they definitely did it. Like, <laughs> yeah, they definitely did it. About and it. like... A bunch of their friends have made statements, had made statements around the time, have made have made statements in the years after, just talking about how absolutely volatile this house was and this dynamic. And it was just so gross and weird. And like, it was creepy, you know? And it was just like one of those very party-heavy, drug-filled, rage-fueled environments that essentially nobody was safe in you know it was just one of those situations so although they had secured really great defense attorneys that were going hard for them craig titus knew at that point the cards were stacked against him and his wife and out of complete like i don't want kelly to have to face a murder charge he decided to take a plea deal Mm, okay all right so he pled guilty to second degree murder first degree kidnapping and arson in exchange for his plea First degree murder was taken off the table, which means the death penalty was taken off the table, right? So the second degree murder just meant that he was going to go to jail. He wasn't going to be able to be sentenced to death. Okay. And then does Kelly Ryan get off? No, she takes an Alfred plea because she's still charged with arson and battery with a deadly weapon causing substantially bodily harm from the taser attack. And then but Alf- she's not charged with murder. That's when you basically take say, a sentence, but you don't admit to guilt. Yeah, right? you basically say you acknowledge that the prosecution has enough evidence to 
convict you, but you're not yeah. saying I plead guilty. Exactly. Okay. What's the what is the benefit to doing that? That you maintain your innocence. That's it. But you don't get any okay. It's still a plea. So you're still getting a lesser sentence. Right. Okay. Titus would later tell reporters that he took the deal to spare his wife from facing murder charges. Her murder charges. Murder charges. Murder charges herself. So, and ultimately, he did spare her from murder charges. Charges. Thus lightening her eventual sentence also. At his sentencing, Craig sobbed his eyes out while claiming he never meant to kill Melissa, but that fighting while high led to her accidental death. Yeah. 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 Which honestly could be true. I mean, yeah. You know? Don't get high and have fights. And on steroids (laughs) and everything. I don't know. Saying, quote, things got carried out of control. My intentions were never to hurt Melissa. I'm ashamed and I'm sickened by my actions after Melissa passed away. I'm truly, truly sorry. I ask forgiveness of both this court and Melissa's family. Um, He would do an interview with CBS where he said that they were doing like meth. They were taking coke. Like there was like... All they were doing all the drugs, all of the drugs at once. Like that's one, like one night. Like that night. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about, um, like, what their parties were like. Like you just you glossed over like sex and drugs, but like I can't. I I they no were no one came out and was like, this is what like the expose National Enquirer, like blah, blah, blah. you know what I mean? Like yeah, I mean maybe of- maybe the, maybe there was probably talk about it. I mean I think the entire like community knew. I mean it's also Las Vegas too, so having drug sex parties isn't like a stretch you know <laughs> already in vegas right yeah i mean that does seem like very like vegas. weekend in vegas yeah. the judge was like okay i hear you but yeah no <laughs> gave him 21 to 55 years hey. in prison kelly ryan received 6 to 26 years for her role and in 2017 she was released on parole so wait when did she get sentenced they it was three years after the murder so 2008 Okay. So she ended up serving, what, eight years? Yeah. Uh, nine years? Nine yeah. years. Nine years in prison. Yeah, don't. But she got six to 26 years, so nine years is pretty damn good. She thanked Titus for obviously taking the majority of the blame by divorcing him while they were both still in prison. Hell yeah, that guy's a t- fucking does. Yeah, he remains incarcerated and he will be eligible for parole in 2026. Damn, that's coming up. It's coming up. Absolutely coming up. Oh, I feel like there's a movie in this, you know? There absolutely is a movie in this. Like, it's the characters. The characters and, like, the just image the, of bodybuilding. The way I read um, about Craig Titus, I wonder if I saved that one thing I read. It was so good. There was one article I read by a guy, like, giving his opinion, basically, and the way he spoke about Craig Titus was hilarious. Like, he basically thought he was the biggest dick in the on the planet, and he was like, he is that guy. Like, if you think about the most obnoxious, gross, full-of-himself guy, that was him, and everybody knew it. And the way he talked about how he behaved just in regular life, I think 100% there, that character is, that is a character, like, fit for a movie, because it's yeah. so it doesn't make any sense, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just visually, it's like a very arresting concept to Mm -hmm, have like mm -hmm. all these bodybuilders. It's also like really sad, uh, contrast to being like, Oh, look how ripped we are. We take such good care of our bodies, but then we also fill our bodies with tons of drugs and alcohol. Yeah. It's weird. You know, it is very weird. Probably need a lot more drugs to get high. I liked it. Did you? Yeah, I did. It's kind of crazy, right? It's kind, kind of random of and weird. Crazy. 
It's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Final thoughts. I think Craig is a piece of shit. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> uh, that's the truth, though. I think that when you're that obsessed with yourself, you, that it can be shown in various ways. Sure. And they were obsessed with themselves. And the more famous they got, the more they were told you have a right to be obsessed with yourself. Well, yeah. Then, You're literally put on a pedestal Then you move day. to Vegas, which is already like a fictional right. city. And then you're taking a bunch of drugs. So, you know, bad, bad things. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let Me Tell You a Story on the Murder of Melissa James and the story of evil monsters, Craig Titus and Kelly Ryan. Let us know your thoughts. Be sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. Of course, it really does help. And we will be back very shortly with another episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.